0: World's Finest Podcast, Episode 51. As always, I'm Michael Sims, and with me
1: is James Doe. How are you, sir? I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the month from hell, uh, school-wise. <laughs> Every day I've got some some big project or some ludicrously long paper due, and I'm just sick and fucking tired of it.
0: Well, uh, I mean, what week are you of your semester?
1: Uh, I've only got three weeks left. Yeah,
0: so I mean, there's, there's the obvious reason why. So... You know, come the next episode of
1: WFP, you'll only have a week left, and then it's summertime. Are you taking summer school? No, I, I, I would, but uh, the last week of the summer semester is the week I'm going up to see Aaron in Alaska. Ah. So, can't be doing any summer school. <laughs> so,
0: what else is new with you?
1: Not a whole lot. Just, I'm running myself into the ground with all this schoolwork. I, I literally typed a a six-page paper in mm, five hours last night. <laughs> uh, what, what about, what was the topic um, it's a Shakespeare paper. It's Taming of the Shrew and Othello and the the treatment of women in each play. It's a very easy paper to write. So, yeah, nothing really else going on on my end. Let's see. With me, with me,
0: um, well, it's been announced on, uh, the main page of Earth2.net that, uh, I do have a new podcast coming up with my friend Nicolette. Which um, I cannot... Yeah, that's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a really great show. Uh, for those of you that haven't heard the little promo, go over to Earth2.net, scroll down, uh, and right now it's just called the Untitled Podcast because we literally don't have a name for it yet. We we cut like a I don't know maybe a seven minute little thing, basically saying what the show is gonna be about, uh, which is pop culture. You know, Earth2.net is about geek culture, and we sort of want to expand out and cover the things that Earth2.net and Earth2.net the show generally. Really can't cover, you know. So we want to. So that's what this new show is going to be about. So we put a call out to uh, our potential listeners, saying, "You know, help us come up with topics. Help us come up, up, up with a name." And uh, I think it also gives a pretty good feel of the dynamic Nikki and I have. Um, I think the show itself will give a better indication of our dynamic. Uh, but this this is a good starting place for that. So definitely uh, go look for that. The podcast itself won't launch until, I think it's the first Friday in June. So it's still a ways off. But, you know, like I said, we were just putting the feelers out there now, seeing what the, again, to use the phrase, the potential audience um, thinks of the show and have them help us. Because we really do want the show to uh, have a lot of listener participation, specifically at the forums. And so far, we have had just a ton of feedback on just this little promo we put together.
1: Yeah, um, just on title... Exactly, just on the title
0: and you know what what topics or subjects should should we you know cover on this show? I mean, if we went with just half of the ideas that have been thrown out there at the forums, we've got half a year's worth of programming right there. So yeah, definitely keep your eye out for that. Uh, there's going to be some other news regarding me uh, coming up very soon too, but I just can't announce that just yet. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, my life's been what my life has been which is what it normally is, you know, mostly uneventful.
1: Should we get into the emails, then? I think we should. First one is from Tim, who writes, Hi, James and Mike. I have heard rumors that since the unfortunate passing of Heath Ledger, the villains in the next Nolan film will be the Riddler and Bane. I believe this would be a good pairing of the brains and brawn dynamic, and due to their portrayals in the Abominations, called Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, I think these characters deserve a second chance. Do you guys know if there is any truth to these rumors? Also, what villains would you like to see in a sequel? Talia and Harley, perhaps? Seeking revenge for an avenging uh raish and Joker from the previous films, or maybe Hush and Zaz. Nolan has confirmed uh, that Two-Face is dead, and that as long as he is directing, Penguin will definitely not appear. And as far as sidekicks go, I heard the series takes place in year one, and Robin will not be appearing. And when these characters are finally picked, what actors could bring them justice to the screen? Keep up the good work, guys. Tim.
0: I like the idea of pretty much sticking with one villain per movie i mean i know yeah the last one had the joker and two-face but i don't know it never really felt like two-face was a villain to me he was an anti-hero he was the anti-batman and i really didn't see him as a bad guy i really only see the joker as the bad guy in that one um so that said um uh, if we went with the one villain route it's got to be the riddler for me And on this show before, I believe I've stated who I want as the Riddler, and that's David Tennant, the current man who plays Doctor Who. He's manic, he's got that I'm cleverness going on, and if he just took the Doctor character and flipped it around and basically played like his version of the Master, so to speak, that would be the Riddler for me. If they choose anybody else as the Riddler, they might be a great actor. I might like their portrayal, but I think ultimately I wouldn't be one hundred percent satisfied because they weren't David Tennant. Um, if they were to throw Bane in there, as long as they did the smart bane and not the grunting kind of bane.
1: Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Then <laughs> I I'd be, cry. <laughs> yeah, I'd be cool with that too, but I definitely want the Bane who is just as smart as Batman and is is just you know, impossibly strong. But again, I think we've also said this on the show, is how do you make Bane realistic? Because remember, this is all supposed to be the real world, this new Batman universe, and it's not an easy thing to do. Um, What about you, James? Uh, One villain, two, three, and who do you think the villain should be?
1: I can... I would be satisfied with a one or a two villain movie, and if it were a two villain movie, Riddler and Bane would obviously please me. (laughs) Um, But I do agree uh I think if they're going to do one villain per movie, which is probably how it should be done, then uh Riddler is a good choice. But I also think that Bane could be uh a one, you know, the one villain per movie also, if they, as you say, do the intelligent, cunning Bane. But getting back to Riddler, um, I've said this before that I think David Hyde Pierce would be perfect for Riddler and, uh, that's not to say that David Tennant wouldn't do great, but, uh, I think that David Hyde Pierce, I can just see him in the Riddler costume and, uh, d- and doing the character just really perfectly. Um, and as far as Bane goes, uh, you know, I, th- I think I've said before Javier Bardem or Benicio del Toro could do Bane, but one of those two, one or both of those two, rather, I think would, you know, would just be, the bee's knees for me,
0: <laughs> Javier. That's the guy from uh, No Country for Old Men, right? Yep. Yeah, that I think that is spot on casting. Um, not, you know, he, he's a big dude, but he's not impossibly large. He's not unbelievable. Um, have him mm-hmm. bulk up a little more; he'd be perfect. Um, uh, but if they were going to try to round out this trilogy. Uh, assuming that the director and the actors only stick around for three films, um, it might make a little more sense to bring Talia in to tie the first movie to this one. Um, If they did that, uh, what would you think about that? Would you be pleased with it? Would you not be pleased?
1: At this point, really, I have the utmost faith in Nolan that he could... that even though Talia would not even be in my top five choice for a villain to bring in the third movie... Mm -hmm. uh, he could make it, you know, immensely enjoyable, so. See, for me, if you're going to do Talia, especially if you're going to introduce her,
0: if she's an established character, you can ignore what I'm about to say, but if you're just introducing her, she's much more interesting if there's a, for lack of a better word, a love triangle going on between her, Bruce, and her father. I think you need Raish alive and in the picture, for the audience to get the dynamic that goes on between those three.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And since, as far as we know, Raisha's is dead, you really can't do Talia justice. If they were to bring him back, then sure, bring Talia in. But just bringing her in for a revenge story, that doesn't quite work for me. Um, As for this being set in year one and there not being a Robin You know, you can justify it that way. You could also turn around and say, you know what? As cool as the Robin character is, it doesn't make a lick of sense to throw a youth into this kind of world. It just doesn't. And if you want to go with an older Robin, someone who's like 18, 19, 20, you know, you can make that work, but then it breaks the, the idea of what Robin's supposed to be. So it's a catch-22. If you introduce him as a youngster, it doesn't work. But if you introduce him as someone who's older, it goes against what Robin is supposed to do. And that's being the youngster who lightens up the mood of The Dark Knight. You see what I'm saying? You can't win either way. Um, it should also be known that Christian Bale has gone on record and said has said that if they ever bring Robin in, he's
1: done. He won't do that film. Hmm. That I don't But, hey... <laughs> Um. Yeah, I completely agree. You, you just, you really, you cannot have Robin in the Nolan verse. No. Uh, okay.
0: Hang on, hang on. One more thing I want to say about this, and I might, again, I might have said this on the show. I might have said this at the forums. I don't know, but if they ended the Nolan verse by having Bruce go to the circus and we see a flyer that says the Flying Graces are in town, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Because then it leaves the door open for the next director and the next actor to play Batman to bring Robin, to bring Dick Grayson in if they wish. But they can also ignore that if they want. Maybe Bruce was just going to the circus. I think that'd be a nice little nod towards the future, towards continuity and for fanboys. But again, if they don't do it, I'm not going to be heartbroken.
1: Next one's from Heidi, who writes, Oh my God, Ian's placement of the brain orgasm cliff <laughs> was great. And... I think maybe, uh, I, I, maybe did think of him a, a little bit when he said it. Sorry, guys, but I could not help myself. Don't worry. You're the not, you're not the only person who has thought of, uh, Ian and, uh, yeah, in that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we've outright said that sometimes we said things just for Ian to clip, you know? So, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: I loved the 50th episode, but it is sad that y'all are half done. Also, the things that bugged me uh, on Batman Beyond uh, was the set timeline, because it took away the freedom of expression and movement from Justice League. And if you're right, Mike, one should never cheat, and he said episodes that Terry did so deserve their grade of zero. I think that was just the one, though, where he outright cheated. Oh Yeah, there
0: were other ones where he... Uh, referred to... I think there was one where he referred to Dana as, like, well, there's this girl, this girl. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I really think that y'all should do reviews on the Batman and Batman Brave and the Bold.
0: I can see us maybe doing it on earth at the show, but not on World's Finest.
1: No, certainly not on World's Finest since they're not part of continuity, but, um, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Some <Somewhere.
0: laughs> We'll get to that in a little bit, won't we? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I would absolutely love to sit down with you, James, and talk about uh, The Brave and the Bold on the show at some point. That being Earth2.net, the show. Um, I, I think it deserves some uh, some discussion time on, on one of our podcasts, and that's the one that's going to
1: fit on uh, the best. Who knows? Yeah, We'll see if that happens, though. We'll see. We need to get to those Dark Knight discussions. Hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, we will. We will.
1: (laughs) Okay, last one today is from Monica, who writes, Hi, guys. I just want to congratulate you for the awesome job you did with Batman Beyond. I've been watching some episodes of The Zeta Project, and, well, I'll let you ramble about it. Uh, (laughs) Just one more thing. A listener wrote about the great job uh, the actor playing Robin did on Return of the Joker. Well, apparently he wasn't that good because Andrea Romano uh, said in an interview that she was the one crying in that scene. Did not know that. So today, first off, James and
0: I, we have a feeling this is going to be a rather short show. Quite possibly the shortest episode of World's Finest Podcast. That's because we are going to be discussing uh, the two webtoons that are maybe in the dcau we're learning uh i can think
1: i think one of them might be the uh, another one (laughs) yeah one of them
0: definitely is the other one uh maybe not so much uh but those are uh gotham girls which ran for three seasons or uh, i think it was like 30 episodes um and lobo which i think ran for 13 or 14 episodes um James and I, normally before we sit down to record, we don't say too much to each other about what we're going to say or, you know, how we're going to cover it or anything like that. We sort of have this kind of, you know, we've been recording for, this is our 51st episode, obviously. We trust each other. We we have a vibe. We we, we know that, that we can just sit down and just kind of banter and it'll have a nice flow. Um, but when it comes to this one, we did talk a little off the air and through email saying, what the hell are we going to say? What are we going to say?
1: Yeah. I'm kind of dumbfounded for this one.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? Let's just sort of handle this like we would a recap episode, like we did with episode 50. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, just generally speaking, what were some of the things we liked, what we didn't like? Uh, you know, what they were doing with the characters. Just sort of like that, a general overview of each series or maybe with Gotham Girls going season by season. I think that might work better with Gotham Girls.
1: Yeah. I think we should Uh, tackle Lobo first since it's a lot shorter.
0: Okay, sure. Um, Okay, so let's start off by saying um, I was under the assumption that Lobo was in the DCAU, and then as we got closer to covering it, I believe we got an email or a message somewhere saying it might not be. And, uh, but I was like, well, you know, I heard it was, so we're still going to cover it. Plus we've been saying we are going to cover it. And then I started watching it and I was like, yeah, um, Lobo just said asshole.
1: Yeah. And, um, and he actually said that he was going to shove somebody's testicles in their ears.
0: And I could swear at one char- at one point a character
1: actually mumbled the word fuck. Um, he surprised. And uh, let's su- not, and let's not forget the, uh, over the top gratuitous gore everywhere. Yeah. I mean, Lobo,
0: you know, he has a healing factor. He's constantly getting his head blown off and limbs ripped apart and just crumbled. Uh, In the first episode, it's actually like, well, the first storyline, like the first four or five episodes comprise one short storyline. The whole point is that Lobo and this other guy have made a bet about who can, quote-unquote, drill this hot waitress at the local diner. So it's all about who can nail this broad mm-hmm um so yeah because of the mature content because of the overall design because this doesn't look like the logo that we know from superman and uh he popped up in justice league once right
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah um it can be assumed that this isn't in the dcau but we watched it we can maybe say it's in the DCAU uh so we are going to talk about it so but we're not going to spend a lot of time on this i suspect uh james overall thoughts about this uh short series here
1: uh i don't know what there is really to say about it. i think we've already said most most everything there is to say about it Mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's a flash cartoon and it's it's got really really choppy animation as one would expect but even more so just because it I'll tell you what it reminded me of. If you've ever uh, – do you remember JoeCartoon.com? Or you ever heard of that?
0: No, I don't think I have.
1: Um, basically, I don't know who the, the you know the guy who created them was. His name was Joseph something. But, um, yeah, he created a bunch of cartoons that were just like over-the-top gore comedy kind of things. And that's exactly what this reminded me of because Lobo just goes throughout the whole thing all over the, the galaxy just – ripping people's heads off. At one point he punches a guy and his spinal column shatters out through his back. You know, it's just, I, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy them on some morbid level, with, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they have no depth at all. They're just, they're just what they are. They're just out there for people to watch and in, in morbid fascination of just nonstop gore and language.
0: Yeah, but see, the thing is, it's not done well, it's not funny, you know, it doesn't look good. Even for a Flash tune, it doesn't look good. Yeah, these are a couple of years old, but Warner Brothers was putting some money behind this. They could have gotten better animation. Um, the the voice acting is terrible. Just all around, these are not good. I I never chuckled. You know, it was a chore to watch these.
1: Oh, yes.
0: And I don't like feeling like anything we cover on any of the Earth2.net podcasts uh, is, is a chore to cover. And this...
1: Cough. Countdown. Cough.
0: Thanks for reminding me, sir. <laughs> uh, to, to my defense, we did stop Countdown halfway through because, right, that did become a chore. But, you know, yeah, again, there were only 13, 14 episodes here. So, you know, and they are, what, four minutes most
1: At, each. Most of them not even two minutes long
0: exactly so you know i I trudged through it but it took me a good portion of the day to get this shit done and i'm just talking about lobo never mind gotham girls which is you know at least twice as long what bothers me the most is that they missed the whole damn point of lobo lobo was created to be a parody of of comic book characters such as Wolverine and the Punisher and maybe even Batman to a certain extent who were becoming increasingly darker in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, in the comics Lobo ended up becoming a parody of himself because yeah again the creators lost the point that he was supposed to be a parody and people started taking him seriously as if you know they they just they just lost their way with the character. So when he got picked up for this webtoon, all they focused on was the language and the violence and not the and not that it was supposed to be sending a message about language and violence in comic books.
1: Yeah, there was no cleverness to it at all. Right. Because, the, because in the Lobo comics, at least the early the early right, the ones, there early was a, ones, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of really funny underlying sarcasm and in jokes. Mhm. And Obviously, none of that was present in these 14 cartoons.
0: Right. Now, was there anything good or bad or any of the episodes, again, good or bad, that really
1: stood out for you? No. <laughs> no, there, there weren't at all. Point blank, I'm going to tell you that. I, I can't tell you what happened in any of these 14 cartoons just off the top of my head. If you told me the name of one of them, I wouldn't be able to tell you what happened in it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, the fact that I can remember that the first story arc was about them trying to bang some girl is a miracle, if you want the truth.
1: I remember those were the first five episodes. That was one. Okay. And then...
0: And really, all I remember beyond that is that at one point, there was like another four or five-part story, and in between, I think, the fourth and fifth chapters... They inserted some nonsensical episode about Lobo running for president. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with anything and it interrupted the flow, if you can say there was a flow of the storyline they had going and I was like, what the fuck is this?" I mean did it did it run on an election day or something? I can't see how it would have, but did it? Well, it was in 2000, so oh was this 2000? Yeah, oh, see, I thought it was closer to like 2000
1: no it was it was back in 2000. Oh, so, so maybe... M- maybe that was it.
0: Well, yeah, maybe. But uh, fuck if I know. But yeah, that's what stands out for me, is that this weak storyline they had going was interrupted by some other... by, by a less nonsensical episode. Yes, it's a flash, too, but that doesn't mean you have to make it look bad.
1: The lip-syncing is atrocious. Yes, it, it was. And I mean... I give a certain amount of leeway for that because it's a flash tune, but that can't be like an excuse if that makes mm-hmm. any sense, but it's because yeah. it's really, it's really just bad. It's like they hardly put any effort into matching the words to the lip move. Fuck. Is there anything else you want to say about Lobo before we get to Gotham Girls? No, not really. I <laughs> mean, we have said everything we can.
0: Yeah. Let's put that fucker to rest. Thank God. Um, now, with Gotham Girls, do you want to cover it season by season? Uh, we can do that, sure. Okay, um, the reason I suggest that is because each season really does feel different from the last. hmm And I don't especially think it's... Especially season three. Especially season three, right, yeah. And I don't think it's fair to talk about them all in one shot mm-hmm. as if they're really all from the same kind of soup, because they're not. You know, the first season, the animation is terrible, frankly. Yeah. Um... <laughs> it's and not quite s- as bad
1: as Lobo but it's pretty
0: right and and you can see that they're still getting their footing with that um so just some general thoughts about that first season besides the animation kind of sucked
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean i I went and watched uh, the episodes and uh, you know I, I I was I had just finished watching lobo so it was like I maybe my view was skewed. Upward, but because it was like, oh my god, this is just so much better than Lobo. But maybe, <laughs> maybe it might not be as as good as I'm thinking it is because I had just watched Lobo. So, but I didn't think it was bad or anything. I thought they were. It had some pretty good moments. Uh, mm-hmm. It also had plenty of utterly confusing, nonsensical moments too. But like um, what? Uh, why is Mayor Hill wearing a Batman costume? <laughs> was that Mayor Hill? It looked like him. I don't. I I assume it was him, and I think that was a Bat Girl costume. Or yeah, maybe it was a Bat Girl costume. It was a bat costume, though.
0: Yeah, that he was sleeping in, right?
1: Yeah, he, it was his pajamas. <laughs> yeah, that
0: was a little weird. Yeah. Whoever it was, Mayor Hill or not, that was a little hmm.
1: Okay. Um, and right in the very first episode, though, there was I had a a a note <laughs> right off the bat. Uh I can't I think it was Harley says under her breath to uh uh Ivy that uh, rhymes with rich. <laughs> She's like rhymes with wit with rich <laughs> Just to infer that she is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I was and when I heard that I actually thought that Gotham Girls was gonna be you know, a little more gratuitous. Not not nearly as much as Lobo, but right. maybe they were gonna have some more language and you know, Barbara says hell uh in the next in the, in the second episode i think she says hell of a good luck charm you are oh really i didn't catch that yeah but i think oh. that's that's the only time they come clo- close to cussing or anything so. huh. um yeah what about you though i I'm, I'm just kind of rambling here cuz no, i mean really that's all i can do is ramble about these things
0: yeah no i mean uh let's see in regards to that first season really what does stand out is is the kind of poor animation Um, but, you know, I don't fault them for trying with the Gotham girls. I see what they were going for with Lobo. I don't get what they were going for. You know, with Lobo, it seemed like they were just going for violence and gore and language. And sorry, that doesn't fly with me. You know, I like violence and gore and language, but I want to be a point behind it.
1: Um, it's a. It's like a certain movie series. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Don't you dare. Don't
0: say it. Don't say it. Don't make (laughs) me fly down to Atlanta. But, uh, you know, with, with Gotham Girls, they were clearly trying to create a series about, you know, not just the female villains, but also Batgirl and how they all interact with each other, how... You know, when Batman goes out there and he fights the Joker and the Riddler and all his male foes, and even the female foes, there's some very serious animosity and some deep-rooted issues going on with them. But when it comes to these female characters, they seem to be having more fun. You yeah, know, it it's, it's it's like the ladies know they're going to be caught, but they don't care because they know they're going to get back out. And they're going to have some more fun. They'll get caught again. They'll be back out. <laughs> you know, it, it seems just kind of bouncy. And yeah, that's what they were going for here. Did it work in that first season? No, not really. But I, at least I got the point.
1: Yeah, and I think it it was a good setup if nothing else because like you said, at least at least there was a point to it. And you know, I I I liked the voice acting overall, you know, cuz it was they were all familiar voices, Arlene Sorkin and and uh Tara Strong and everybody else. They were they were all the authentic voices. So, I have to admit I enjoyed Catwoman more in the Gotham Girls than I did than any of the uh, Gotham Knights or the BTAS episode she was in. Why why do you think that is? I don't know. I guess it's just because this was so off the cuff and uh, just fun loving.
0: That's what I was going to say. I agree with what you're uh, saying there about Catwoman. Here, she's not being taken seriously. That's not to say Catwoman can't be taken seriously. It just seemed like over in the cartoons themselves, anytime she showed up, they tried to make these like deep stories about the love triangle between Bruce and Selina and Batman or her and Red Claw and you know whatever the hell they were doing with her. And here it was just like let's just have fun with the character. Let's not worry about being deep and dark and trying to get uh you know pro animal Message across,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, um, and I, I think that benefited the character a lot. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to characterization, you know, we still have uh, Poison Ivy being the Poison Ivy, you know, the man-hating Poison Ivy that we all know and love. Uh, though at one point, and this comes in the third season, it seems like maybe she doesn't hate men, if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember, we'll get to... Um, I'll just mention it now, since we're talking about her character. There's a point where they're uh, basically going to break into the jail, I think, to get the Joker out? Which is well, a little yeah. weird, yeah. because she would never help Harley break the Joker out. But, whatever. As they're about to break into the jail, she turns to Harley and she's like, all that matters is we're about to be surrounded by men in a minute. It's like, um, you're a lesbian. Uh, The only time you are interested in men is when you're trying to use them. So, um... Yeah, stick to the tongue, sister. Anyways, <clears throat> um, sorry, but so that was a little out of character, but still, for the most part, she was, you know, the, the the we don't need men kind of character, and Harley was still the bouncy, ditzy, airhead that we know and love. Her. She more. was
1: even more airheaded in this series than she ever was in BTS. Yeah, here
0: she's very much a cartoon character.
1: <laughs> yeah, she gets hit in the back by a wrecking ball in lives. That's all you need to know.
0: And not, not, it's not that she just gets hit them back with a wrecking ball. She's then thrust into concrete and yeah. creates the kind of, like, snow angel kind of outline. The wily
1: Coyote imprint in the pavement. Yeah.
0: These aren't meant to be taken seriously in the slightest. And uh, it benefits from that, I think. Um, so let's talk about the second season. Uh, right off the bat, the animation's better. Yeah. It's still not great, but it's clearly better than it was uh, the first season. Uh, what, what do you want to say about this?
1: Um, it's pretty much this... It, besides the slightly improved animation, it's pretty much the same as the first season. Uh, there's not, like, one big backbone story like we're going to get in the third season. Um, but, yeah, it was a little more enjoyable because I, th- I think, you know, in the 15th episode, uh, or I should say fifth episode of season two, um, they actually succeed in... Stealing what they sought out to steal. The, ah, yes, they do. When uh, Harley is accidentally turned into that baby, <laughs> baby Harley, and she actually she manages to unknowingly get the the necklace, and they they just get out of the building somehow with it and drive off into the sunset. <laughs> it's yeah. So they, 15 episodes in, they finally finally succeed. I gotta
0: say. Um, I think my favorite episode of the second season. I think it was the second season. If it was the first, pardon me. Was the uh, Harley Detective Pulpy Noir episode? Yeah, Gotham Noir. Yeah, that was awesome. Was that a second season one?
1: Yeah, it was near I the. It was the eighteenth so. episode, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, in a kind of cliched way, they nailed that noir style. But I accept the cliche because they were going for the cliche. They were going for that tired kind of joke Mm -hmm. and because it was tongue-in-cheek it made it work um I just loved what they did where Batgirl's playing the cop but she's still Batgirl but she's got the little police hat on and the billy club in her hand Uh. um I I just love the way it was written in that kind of hard-boiled style but again very tongue-in-cheek um of all the episodes that we're covering today, that's the one that stuck out the most for me. That's one that, literally, that's the only one I could see myself going back to, to watch again. That's how much of a kick I got out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. I loved Harley's line, she had legs, legs that started in New Jersey and ended up here, in that litter box known as Gotham City. <laughs> yes! <laughs> See, that's what I'm
0: talking about, people. I love that kind of cliched, pulpy style, and they hit it on the head. And I love the ending of it, where Harley breaks the fourth wall and kind of takes a shot at the writers, because, you know, it turns out she's writing this story, and then she's all like, you know, see, anybody can write this trash, or something like that. <laughs> so that, yeah, that was I, kind of fun.
1: Anytime the writers take the piss out of themselves, I'm all for it. Because mm-hmm. they can I, laugh at themselves.
0: Exactly. Now, going back to the episode you were just speaking about, the one where the girls actually get away, I'm wondering if there was a Kevin Smith joke in there? Because when Ivy is walking away with the baby Harley Quinn, she says, come on, Harley Quinn, let's get out of here. And the guards... They don't realize that this is really Ivy and Harley because they're at a wax museum. And Ivy says a lot of people go to wax museums dressed up as their favorite celebrities. So that's how they're able to just walk in and out without any noticing. It Mm -hmm. also helps the fact that Harley has been transformed into a baby. Well, one of the guards says "What something like, what kind of nut job would name their kid Harley Quinn? Kevin Smith's daughter is Harley Quinn Smith. Huh. And I'm wondering if that's a little joke at him. Like a little nudge in the rib, saying, "eh, eh, get it? But maybe it isn't. Maybe this precedes the birth of his daughter. I don't know. But I don't know. It seemed like a little in-joke to me.
1: It might have been. I mean, let's see. This season two would have been 2001. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, again, you know, if anybody out there wants to look up, you know, facts about Kevin Smith's life, tell us when his daughter was born, and then compare it to when that episode was released, write in and let us know. If I'm wrong... I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Um, Anything else you want to say about this second season here?
1: Um, Let's see. I was making sure I had some... I thought I had some notes here. Yeah. Um, Ivy had a couple of uh, great lines here because I think two of them are kind of connected. One happened in one episode. One happened in a uh, a, uh, later episode. But um, she's... (laughs) Harley I think it was Harley that said I don't do speed. Well, you could have fooled me. <laughs> Cuz she she seems like she's on crystal meth this entire series. <laughs> yes. Um and then Ivy in a later episode says, "You just can't keep your nose out of anything, can you?" So, I don't know. Uh-huh. I think I think they're inferring that Harley is on some hardcore drugs here. <laughs> they might be, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and the only other note I think I had just that I had to write down was that Batgirl was crawling up a wall after Catwoman. Catwoman I can see because she has the claws, but Batgirl's just like literally crawling with her hands up yeah. a wall. <laughs> no, <laughs> gravity, gravity, the whole thing with the falling and the thing. No. Anyway, I know suspension of disbelief and all that for these things, but yeah, <laughs> I mean early um, in the Wrecking Ball. There you go. Yeah.
0: Uh, Should we get on to the third season, then? Sure. Okay, now what they were doing with the third season is they took all ten episodes to tell one longer story that would amount to roughly a little longer than your average BTS episode, probably about 30 minutes or so. Again, factoring maybe three minutes each with these. And the overall story is that Catwoman breaks into... A uh, like a vault that holds all of the weapons and whatnot from the super criminals. While she's doing that, a cop stumbles upon her. At that exact same time, all of the men in Gotham City—I think they say like three million people—disappear uh, without a trace, leaving only the women. This leads to. Um, one particular cop we've never seen before, uh, basically assuming the command of uh, acting commissioner. Uh, we get an acting mayor, again, of course, also female. Uh, Catwoman is for some reason blamed for the kidnapping of the female detective who also disappeared at the same time. We'll get into that into us in a second here. Um, Batgirl figures out that it, you know Catwoman didn't have anything to do with this. Uh, somehow Harley and Ivy, they get involved. She knows they didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, so she she's br- helps get them out of jail, but she says, look, I'm only getting you out of jail because you're in danger. The reason they're in danger is because once the men come back, they're all acting very weird, um, and they pretty much want to kill these these all the all the masked criminals, but they kind of want to go after Batgirl, too. So she's protecting their lives, but she says, look, once you're safe, you have to go back to jail. You know, once we uncover this conspiracy, you've you got to go back. Um, What it turns out is that uh, the commissioner has been replaced by a robot that was created using Mr. Freeze technology, and that robot was then telling the cops to go extra hard on the female uh, masked criminals... For a reason I don't think we're ever told, but the robot is being controlled by the sister of Nora Freeze, who has a mat on for Mr. Freeze, though she never actually goes after Victor. Yeah. (laughs) And the female cop who disappeared while trying to stop Catwoman from going into the vault, it turns out, is transgendered. And that has nothing to do with the plot, though they make it seem like it's gonna. The acting commissioner, who's a bit of a bitch, they make it seem like oh, she shit. actually might be behind some of what's going on. They never come to that again. Um. So, were you going to say something a second ago, James?
1: Well, as a, as far as the uh, why they go extra hard after the the masked criminals, that was Dora at the end there you know, the uh, Dora, Nora, Freeze, <laughs> her, her. um, she says at, on the very last episode to Batgirl that th- all of these costume menaces need to be destroyed, and so. Oh, yeah, even though th- she it- herself becomes a costumed menace. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. I can explain that one, I can't explain any other ones, though, they, okay. they there's so but many the- subplots that, it's like, what the fuck happened to all of them?
0: Yeah, I mean, they had an idea where they wanted to go, and then they were just padding it out. And there was no need to pad it out. They they had no clue how to tell an episodic 30-minute story. They clearly had no idea. And it shows. Um, And i got to say one other thing just real quick. Renee Montoya, I believe, was voiced by the same person who does Catwoman, and did a very poor job of doing Renée Montoya.
1: Mhm.
0: Bugged the shit out of me. Um but that aside, uh w- what do you want to say about this season?
1: Um I think had they not had so many subplots, it would have been pretty damn solid, I have to say. Uh I I was I really was enjoying the uh really the overall plot of, you know, well who's who's the real villain? And you know, and the animation is a lot crisper. Right? Yes, it is. The 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 uh, lip syncing is most of the time spot on. Uh, you know, even with the slightly crude animation, I thought it was pretty gruesome how Dora met her fate at the end there. Um, and like I said, I was I was into the backbone storyline, but really it got littered by too many extra things that were never resolved, and you know, by that. And by saying that, they weren't needed. Yeah.
0: I mean, really, what was the point of the transgendered character?
1: Yeah, what the fuck was that about?
0: They make such a big deal about it, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. That they are addressing transgendered issues in a series like this. I was really excited for it. And then it just goes nowhere.
1: I think they it put had, it up three times. That, yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah, they they just completely drop it. I was so baffled. That made me very mad. I I, I, I don't know why it did, but it
1: made me mad. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> like you said, they had an opportunity to maybe you know bring some light to a a pretty serious issue in yeah. in society, and like like they've done, and we've seen these these people have brought light to spousal abuse, child abuse, uh, you know, drug abuse, drug abuse. Exactly. All kinds of, you know, social problems and and issues. And this was another opportunity that they could have seized upon. But um, obviously they failed or it just it pretty much just disappeared. I almost have to wonder if the
0: powers that be at Warner Brothers, because obviously this wasn't going out on television, so there was no FCC To govern it, but so there had to be some sort of like internal censorship or at least an internal board looking over this. And I do have to wonder if they were like, What are you doing with this character? And since it was already out there, they still had to address that it was there, but not really do anything with it and just sort of drop it.
1: Yeah, Um, because Barbara, well, I mean, or you know, Batgirl. Uh, or wait, was it no it was Barbara right it was now. Barbara you're right it was it was Barbara at that point in the vault at I think the ninth episode of this of this season uh talks to I I forget her name but or, you know his her name I, I it's and says look your secret's safe with me and all that and that's all that's brought about it that's where we leave it yeah so you know what the, you know what the hell <laughs> that pisses me off actually
0: getting back to the overall story here, you know, I agree with what you were saying a few minutes ago, you know, too many plot threads going on, uh, most of them unresolved. And if they had streamlined it, this could have been tight.
1: Yeah. It could have been but, a good episode of, uh, Gotham Knights, mm-hmm.
0: but it, it wound up being a real clusterfuck oh, yeah. because they, again, they just did not know how to handle this short format while telling, and uh overall 10 part story. Um anything else you want to say about this season about Gotham Girls as a whole, whatever.
1: Um honestly, not really. I think we pretty much summed it all up. There's I mean, how how deep can you go into, you know, 2 to 4 minute little vignette flash tunes. So. Oh, should we just get
0: to our scores? It seems weird. Normally I shouldn't say normally, but not too long ago, we would just be getting to the topic. Remember when we used to spend 45, 50 minutes on email? <laughs> <laughs> and we're at about, what, maybe the 40, 40-some-odd 40 minute mark, maybe. and we're ending the show. I mean, this sounds—this is so weird. <laughs>
1: I, th- I think this, this happened at a good time for me since I've been so bogged down with schoolwork. <laughs> yes,
0: w- w- when I came up with the schedule uh, when we first started this programming, I had that in mind.
1: <laughs> this is the sound of James nodding his head. Uh, so
0: what do you want to score Lobo as a whole obviously we're not going to score each episode or storyline individually so just the whole series
1: Uh, I have no fucking clue how to score this Um, if we're doing it on our usual 10 scale I'll just give it a 1 that's exactly what I'm going to give it. Uh, now, Gotham
0: Girls, do you want to judge it as a whole? Do you want to do it season by season? How do you want to do it?
1: Um, I actually don't have any season by season scores written down, or an overall score for that matter. I was just kind of going to think them up while we were talking about it. But
0: okay, well then let's let, then let's just do an overall score for Gotham Girls. I think that'd be the better way to do it.
1: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four out of ten. I think because I think there were some. There were definitely some good parts about it with the the lightheartedness and everything, which is something we didn't get a whole lot of in, you know, the BTAS days or anything. But, yeah, season three was just, yeah, it could have been great, but it wasn't. Yeah, I agree with everything
0: James said there, too. Uh, You know, had season three been tighter, I could easily have given this a five, maybe a six. I could definitely have given this a six had season three been more streamlined but uh because it's there because it kind of rambles it gets a four she had legs legs that started in new jersey and ended up here in that litter box known as gotham city it's velma she
1: said you have to find her velma somebody already wrote that one cat and it don't end happily not my velma quinn She's got gold eyes, four legs, and a mean Jones for canned tuna and olive oil. I was gonna turn the cat down, but... This is all I got left. (laughs) (laughs) You have to find her, Quinn. I'm lost without my Velma. I knew I was gonna regret it but I was a sucker for an animal lover in need.
0: Feedback in the form of emails and MP3s can be sent to feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. That's feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss the first five episodes of The Zeta Project. Those being The Accomplice, His Maker's Name, Remote Control, Change of Heart, and The Next Gen. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast.